Okay, we've got shocking new poll numbers in Virginia. I mean, get ready for a huge upset in the Virginia governor's race as Glenn Youngkin has now taken a commanding lead. Yes, the Republican over Terry McAuliffe. I know you're skeptical. I know you're thinking it's too good to be true. I don't blame you. I don't want to get ahead of ourselves here, but I believe that we are heading for a major upset, one of the a monumental embarrassment for the Democrats, for McAuliffe, for Biden, and for the Clintons, too, because McAuliffe is an old friend of the Clintons. New Jersey is going to be trickier. I will grant you that. New Jersey is not a slam dunk, but New Jersey could flip to red as well. But I'm very confident that Virginia is going to flip to red here this coming Tuesday because Biden and Terry McAuliffe are such an embarrassment. They are such a humiliation to the entire party. I mean, McAuliffe, I mean, Biden's Biden. I don't need to tell you anything more about that. McAuliffe proudly admitted that parents should have no say, zero say. He's regretting it now. He's trying to backtrack. He's trying to put it into context. How do you put that into context? Parents, parents should not be involved in their kids' schooling. I mean, those are his words. Where parents, they should not have a say in in, in the kids' curriculum, the the, the 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 schooling curriculum of their own kids. Well, how do you put that? Has that taken out of context? Then he wonders why they detest him. We have all those details coming up. President Joe Biden is planning. Look at this. Joe Biden is planning to give whoever's running the show there. Uh, is planning to give money, lots of money, to families who were separated at the border. Yes, families that were separated, illegals. Biden's going to give money to illegals as compensation. How much money? I'm not talking about a few bucks. He wants to give them boatloads of money to compensate for their trauma of being separated, families, parents from children. So again, these are illegal migrant families. They crossed the border. I want to get this clear here. You cannot make this stuff up. They crossed the border illegally. They became separated, parents from children, because that was policy. Biden wants to give them, get this, not 50000 not $100,000 per family, not 200 If you think 200000 per family, well, you're not even 50% right. Biden wants to give them each $450,000. This is going to end up, yeah, yeah. The, the, I'm not, that is not a typo. That's not a mistake. That's the report. Now, again, is it going to happen? We have to hope not here, but Biden wants to give each family separated at the border $450,000. Congratulations, you came to the country illegally and you were separated, you were traumatized. Here's a lottery jackpot of 450000 So one person on Twitter, I mean, you can't make it up. One person on Twitter, again, hopefully it's not going to happen, but I, I don't care if they give each one of them $25. They don't deserve it. I mean, they're not in the, they're not, they're not even legal. They're not in the country legally to begin with. One person on Twitter said, let's offer them a free Hunter Biden painting in lieu of the $450,000 compensation. That's such a great line. You know, here, we were going to give you $450,000, half a million dollars to compensate you for your trauma. Instead, here's this free Hunter Biden. I mean, what could be better? It's it's better than any Rembrandt. It's better than any Monet. It's a Hunter Biden. And it's a great point because Hunter Biden paintings fetch more than Rembrandt's at, at, at Christie's uh, auction house. I mean, Hunter Biden is one of the most talented artists on the planet. So have, have Hunter make a, a bunch of paintings and give them to the illegals in lieu. I mean, it's just it's a brilliant idea. What a great deal. And, and, and by the way, Joe Biden... I need you to remind me, if I ever head to a climate summit, please remind me not to take 80 gas-guzzling cars as part of my motorcade. Yes, 
I kid you not, Joe Biden, President Biden, he's on his way to Scotland for a climate summit, but he stopped in Rome as part of his trip to the climate summit. He stopped in Rome, and yes, his motorcade has 85, 85 vehicles as part of his motorcade, and, and, and apparently, according to reports, they're not hybrid vehicles, they're not electric, they're not Teslas, because we know Biden wouldn't want to drive around a Tesla and support Elon Musk. They don't like, Democrats don't like Elon Musk. I don't know why. He's done more, um, for the electric car industry and for the climate than all the Democrats combined. But you cannot make this stuff up. Biden, his, they, they, he's passing through Rome right now as part of a trip en route to the climate summit in Scotland. And his entourage cruised through Rome on Friday with this massive motorcade of 85 cars. Most of them are gas guzzlers. Most of them are limos, SUVs, and vans, and not the electric kind. I mean, you're kidding me? Biden needs 85 – forgetting the hypocrisy, forgetting the climate and how how damaging it is to the climate and how this exposes the fact that Democrats don't care about the climate as we've known – for a very long time, we've seen this many times. They only care about the power. But like 85, you really need 85, well, he's the president. He needs his whole entourage. He needs a lot of security. Really? You tell me Biden couldn't manage with 50 cars? Biden couldn't manage with 60 cars? And they don't care about the climate. But like putting even the climate aside, like you need to, how about the taxpayer dollars? How about the fact that the country's economy right now is in shambles? And I understand it's not going to make a dent whether it's 70 cars or 80 cars, or 85 cars. But the optics, optics here are just a disaster. All right, we are proud to be hosted, of course, by the VIN News Podcast Network. You can send us an email, josh at joshmshow.com, josh, J-O-S-H, at joshm, the letter M, show.com, anything on your mind. Chicago has just launched a massive new program, a universal basic income program. And by the way, UBI, universal basic income, it's a fancy term, for socialism, it doesn't sound as bad as socialism, but that's what it is. It's exactly what it is. So Chicago has just launched a huge socialism program, UBI, Universal Basic Income, giving away free money. But what's amazing is black leaders in Chicago are opposed to this idea. We will tell you why coming up. There is a credible threat, a, a credible terror threat. I want to mention this because it's very relevant to Biden in Afghanistan. There's a credible threat of an ISIS attack, an uh, uh, imminent attack by ISIS in the state of Virginia. Yes, intel agencies have been warning residents of Virginia that a terror attack may be imminent. And here's my question, and, and it's specifically ISIS operatives were specifically mentioned in this credible threat. Why is ISIS suddenly operating out of Virginia? I don't recall there being a major ISIS presence in Virginia or a major ISIS threat under Trump. <clears throat> so let's remember... I don't know, unless, unless there's something here that I'm forgetting. But suddenly, we have a, a, a very, very credible and realistic threat of ISIS terrorists operating in Virginia, carrying out some very massive attack. Uh, and, and that's, by the way, that, that, that has come directly from intel agencies. They're saying that they have strong intel. So let's remember that Joe Biden brought thousands of Afghanis into the United States without vetting them. And ISIS terrorists, al-Qaeda terrorists could easily have embedded into those evacuation airplanes, could easily have snuck into the United States uh, claiming to be refugees and evacuees. And we would, we would have no idea because the, because the Biden people, the, the U.S. officials in Afghanistan, they did not do vetting. They couldn't. Remember, they were just trying to get thousands and thousands of, uh, of Americans and of Afghani refugees 
outside of you know out of the country. They were just trying, they were just doing everything possible before that August thirty first deadline. So they didn't do vetting. They certainly didn't do proper vetting. Many Republicans say <clears throat> that uh, thousands of Afghanis were led into the United States without having been properly vetted. And one congresswoman. So so now we suddenly have an ISIS terror threat in Virginia. They were released into basically Virginia and the Maryland area. Can you put two and two together here? One congresswoman put out a tweet saying, quote, Biden flew 45,000 Afghan nationals to Dulles Airport without knowing if any of them were embedded ISIS terrorists and opened our southern border for anybody to cross. Now D.C. is facing a terror threat from ISIS. Uh, And as I said, two ISIS operatives have been, um, uh, at least according to these are intel reports, credible reports, two ISIS operatives are suspected of uh, being imminently about to carry out an attack in a population center in Virginia. We're going to keep an eye on that. Meanwhile, an email was just released this weekend by Senator Josh Hawley, and he actually – this is an email that was sent from President Biden to U.S. officials in Afghanistan back in August, August 16th, and and Senator Josh Hawley just released this and is basically telling American uh, officials, U.S. officials in Afghanistan at the time, saying, listen, uh, just fill the planes beyond capacity, make sure that every Afghani or every refugee, whether they're American or Afghani – gets on that plane as humanly pos- as many as humanly possible. This was literally, they were telling, this is literally Biden saying to fill the evacuation planes beyond capacity. Here's a quote from this email. Quote, total inflow to the U.S. must exceed the number of seats available. Air on the side of excess. Air on the side of excess. So they're saying pack the planes, fill them up beyond their capacity. And Senator Hawley says that he was told by government officials who were involved at the time, who were part of this process, he was, he, he, they were, they told Hawley that they were told by Biden not to follow proper vetting procedures. So I don't know if that's actually part of the email, but Hawley said he released this email where they're basically saying, fill the planes up. Now, how is it possible? They, I mean, there were, there were tens of thousands of people evacuating. Remember, it was total mayhem. It was total chaos. He had people climbing over the walls and he had people throwing, uh, placing children and babies over the walls. So the, it, it was a chaotic scene. There's no way that they were able – they were handing out blank visas. There's no way they were able to, to properly vet these people, and that is being confirmed by Senator Josh Hawley. So basically a, any terrorist who was trying to get into the United States from Afghanistan, this was the perfect opportunity to sneak in. And now we have an ISIS threat in Virginia. Is that a coincidence? Hard to believe. All right, so as I said, very exciting here. The race in Virginia is starting to look like a runaway. The Democrats are in a frenzy right now. They are frantically trying to do anything possible. I mean, Obama's racing all around Virginia, trying to get uh, McAuliffe the votes that he needs, but it is not looking good. It, it looks to me like it's going to be a monumental upset. Now, remember, the last time Virginia went to a Republican governor back in 2009, the Democrats lost 60 House seats the following year. So as Virginia goes, so goes the Democrat Party. And if the, and if this if, if the Virginia gubernatorial race, if Youngkin wins and it goes Republican, then it could be a bloodbath next year uh, in, in in Congress in terms of flipping uh, the House and the Senate back to the Republicans. And look, I mean, even without this, whatever happens in Virginia, uh, I mean, clearly. The, the, the independent voters and many Democrat voters are extremely frustrated, extremely disturbed by what they're seeing from the Biden administration. This is a Fox News poll. Now, remember, Fox News polls, they tend to be in the middle. You know, they, they, they certainly don't swing to the left, but they don't swing to the right either. So Republican Glenn Youngkin holds a commanding lead over Terry McAuliffe 
Um, this was with five days to go before Election Day, so I guess this was Friday. The Fox News poll showed Youngkin lead in McAuliffe by eight percentage points, 53 percent to 45 percent among likely voters. And again, likely voters, those are the most accurate polls. Youngkin, 53 percent. McAuliffe, 45 percent. I mean, that's not even close, nowhere near the margin of error. And it's the poll is trending in the right direction because it's a dramatic turnaround. Just two weeks ago, the same poll showed McAuliffe with 51% among likely voters, Yunkin 46%. So this is an enormous swing. You have Yunkin increasing by nine points in just two weeks in the same poll and McAuliffe uh, diminishing from 51% to 45%. Uh, now, Obama, as I said, he's been campaigning and people are very furious with Obama because Obama claimed that the election is about trumped-up culture wars. That was Obama's line trumped up culture wars. Now, he's getting blasted. He's getting hammered because Obama is so out of touch and it's vicious rhetoric to say that it's trumped up culture wars because the reality is these are very, very serious issues. And a lot of uh, voters are furious with the Democrats, including not only independents, but including Democrat voters. A lot of Democrat voters are, are very angry for legitimate reasons, and especially because the Democrats want to control the education system, and a lot of a lot of Democrat parents are very upset that um, the Democrats and Terry McAuliffe are threatening to, to to rip away the education that their own children are getting, and literally they, they want parents to have no control whatsoever, no influence, no say in their own children's education. So the education, the the, the election in Virginia is about three things: number one, education; number two. Socialists taking control of the party, which which Virginians don't like. Virginians, even though they're Democrat and it's a blue state, they tend to be moderate. And number three, uh, Joe Biden's incompetence. And as I said, Democrats, they are controlling the school system all around the country, injecting immorality into the curriculum, indoctrinating kids with their radical agenda, their immoral agenda in many states. And um, even a lot of Democrats, they don't want the government to take over their lives to this degree. And they say, essentially, as I said, McAuliffe is saying parents should have no say in their kids' school curriculum. So, And a lot of what Democrats have done is they've used the COVID crisis as an excuse to grab more control because never let a good crisis go to, go to waste. Um, meanwhile, you have boys who are pretending to be girls attacking girls in schools, which is very, very frightening. A.G. Garland, Merrick Garland, sent out a memo a few weeks ago saying that parents who threaten school boards – are domestic terrorists, and people are outraged. That that has created an uproar. Garland got a lot of backlash from the Senate when he testified in the Senate last week, but A.G. Garland literally sent out a memo referencing parents who th- – and parents, remember, they are threatening school boards because they are frightened because their kids are in danger, and these school boards, very often, they are vicious, they are evil, they are cruel. So you have parents nervous, rightfully so, and, 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 and a lot of these um, – School board meetings, they get very heated and, and, uh, people, you know, get very heated up, very passionate. Who, who can blame them? I mean, it's their kids, it's their kids at stake. And, um, meanwhile, A.G. Garland sends out this memo saying that if parents threaten school boards, those parents should be treated as domestic terrorists, which is totally in- incomprehensible, inex- inexcusable. I mean, these people, they're harming their kids, mask policies. We got critical race theory. The schools are falling apart. And, and uh, and now you have A.G. Garland calling them terrorists. It really is beyond – I mean it's just totally reprehensible, totally egregious, and it's a very dumb move by the Democrats because there's so much backlash now because even Democrat parents 
do not want to be told that they have no say in their kids' education. Meanwhile, I want to read you. We got to move on to other stories over here, but I want to read you uh, a, a, an excerpt from an op-ed in Desiree.com, which essentially makes the point that conservatives tend to have larger families. Liberals tend to have either no families or much smaller families, and yet the Democrats are hijacking conservative families and kids and brainwashing them. Quote, conservatives have turned into the de facto breeders for our society's next generation, while childless progressives have tried to hijack our kids' hearts and minds for their ideological agenda. This attempted hijacking is not a phony culture war. It is why the Virginia race is suddenly so tight, so heated. That is why school board meetings across the country are becoming explosive as we emerge from the pandemic. Progressives are trying to reassert control of the curriculum and the scope of what happens in America's schools and influence other people's kids. After the past year and a half of COVID-19, American parents are no longer willing to allow them that opportunity, end quote. All right, moving on to the pandemic and the lab leak theory. We have new details. The FBI has now endorsed the lab leak theory. So this is a bombshell. Of course, the mainstream media is not making a big deal. I'm not going to say they're ignoring it because the New York Times did report this and maybe other uh, news outlets as well, but the mainstream media is certainly not giving this the attention it deserves. The FBI has endorsed the lab leak theory. The FBI believes with moderate confidence. That's the that's the quote here. The FBI. This is, came out of a new Intel report. Um, the FBI believes with moderate confidence that the coronavirus leaked out of a lab. Now, to me, moderate confidence. Those words. Um, I know it sounds watered down, but think about it. This is the Biden FBI. Okay, the Biden FBI, Biden DOJ, saying that. They have moderate confidence that the virus leaked out of a lab. That is as strong an endorsement as we're ever going to get from the Biden administration. It's the, and other intel agencies disagree. Of course, I don't expect them to all endorse it because this, remember, this is something that Trump claimed because it's a no-brainer, which is that it leaked out of a lab, which it clearly did, the Wuhan lab. I mean, there's no other explanation at all, but you know, the, 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 the left, they got so annoyed. How could Trump claim that? They refer to it as a conspiracy theory. So like they're finally coming around, but this is as most, as big an admission as you're ever going to get. It's the equivalent to me of renting out like every billboard in the country <clears throat> and announcing that COVID leaked out of a lab. So again, many intel agencies are inconclusive, but to me, this tells you everything you need to know. We have other agencies inconclusive. We have the FBI moderately confident. So, to me, it's like they went up to the top of buildings all over the country and screamed that this that, that this pandemic came out of a lab leak. Um, so this is a 17-page report. It was declassified on Friday. And the, the report just said that one intel agency assessed with moderate confidence that COVID most likely leaked out of a lab. It didn't specify, but the New York Times somehow discovered that the FBI is the only agency to actually endorse the lab leak theory. Um, four agencies uh, concluded with low confidence that the pandemic began from an animal, transmitted from an animal to a human. Several other agencies failed to reach a conclusion. We don't have to rehash it all right now, but suffice it to say that the 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 the, the pandemic, as we know, started in Wuhan, and any bat that has any coronavirus resembling the COVID nineteen is not within not found within hundreds of miles of Wuhan and of the wet market. That whole thing was a lie that was fabricated by China. So, I mean, there's so much evidence. There's a wealth of evidence, a treasure trove of evidence that it leaked out of the Wuhan lab as though we need any more evidence. But uh, it, 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 somehow the U.S. intel agencies, without, without any investigation, because they can't get anywhere near China or the lab or the markets or the bat caves or anything else, uh, they, they, they are inconclusive, uh, except for the FBI. 
There is an amazing phenomenon going on around the country. You have liberals running for mayor around the country who are being forced to run on a platform of law and order. Yes, you have liberal mayors, Democrat mayors, who are branding themselves the law and order candidates. And what's astonishing, remember when Trump demanded law and order? Remember with the BLM riots and everything else and the crime surge? And Trump demanded law and order, and he was he was branded a racist. He was actually called a racist. I know it sounds absurd, but yeah, they actually called Trump a racist for demanding law and order. Well, now you have a bunch of mayoral candidates around the country in liberal cities who are saying, well, I'm the candidate of law and order because people are are, are not going to vote for a mayor. I mean, the, the, the crime is surging out of control and defund the police and everything else. People do not want their cities to have a surge in crime. I mean, is, is that surprise? The Only a Democrat could be surprised by this. Only the mainstream media could be surprised by this. So candidates are pledging to be tough on crime. Um, this shouldn't even be news. I mean, it's so obvious but many people on the left are disappointed. I mean, this is a huge blow to BLM and to the socialists. It's unbelievable. Let me read you an actual headline in the Washington Post. Quote, in a setback for Black Lives Matter, mayoral campaigns shift to law and order. Do you believe that? I mean, it's they make it so obvious. They don't even realize what they're saying, that BLM is an Antifa movement. It's an anarchy movement. But this is the this is literally the headline, in a setback for Black Lives Matter, mayoral campaigns shift to law and order. Here are some excerpts from this article. Quote, Mayoral candidates across the country are closing out their campaigns, pledging to restore law and order, a major setback for racial justice protesters who only a year ago thought they had permanently reshaped the debate on policing in American cities. As voters head to the polls, local elections are dominated by discussion about safety and law enforcement amid a surge in violent crime. The tone of the debate, even in many liberal urban communities, highlights how major policing reforms have stalled from Buffalo to Seattle, Democrat politicians who once championed Reductions or reallocations of police department budgets are backtracking. In other cities like Cleveland, liberal candidates are being hammered over their stances on public safety. So, end quote. So, again, this is a setback. Look at – this is what the Washington Post is saying, a major setback for racial justice protesters. What's the major setback? That mayors want law and order. I mean, what, how else could you possibly say that BLM and racial justice activists – want anarchy. They want the opposite of law and order. They want crime. They want crime. They want violence. They want murder. I mean, literally, the Washington Post is saying this. Washington Post is not a racist paper, but they sure sound that way. A major setback for racial justice protesters and activists because they thought they had reshaped the debate on policing in American cities. But now, what's the big threat? What's the big setback? Is, well, the mayors want law and order. Law and order. Well, what does that tell you? What does BLM want? What do the racial justice activists want? All right, as we said, Chicago is launching a massive universal basic income program. Again, they call it UBI. It's a fancy word for socialism. That's what it is. They're taking taxpayer dollars. They're taking money that was hard-earned money by taxpayers, and they are redistributing it to people for no other reason other than the fact that those people exist and have a pulse and aren't earning the same income. So uh, they're going to use $35 million to test out a UBI program for one year. But, you know, they call it a test. It's never a test. An entitlement is never a test. They just call it that because they want to put it into place, and then they'll never be able to get rid of it. The city's going to send $500 a month to 5,000 low-income families. Um, this is according to the Chicago Sun-Times. Now, Mayor Lori Lightfoot, and I'm – Mayor Lori Lightfoot, you know, she is actually ignoring – Black Chicago City Council members on this because they don't want this, as I'm going to explain. But Lightfoot said, quote, this program is controversial for some, but for me, it makes plain sense. 
Of course, we need to teach people how to fish, but in this moment with so many suffering and worrying about financial ruin, this is what we must do to make sure these families don't slip into the abyss. So, yeah, we need to teach people to fish. What she's referring to is you need to actually not give people free money. The opposite. You need to make people work for their money because if, if you teach them how to earn their money, then that's going to help them for life versus just you give them free money. Then they just learn to feed off the government. It becomes a self-fulfilling cycle and a vicious cycle, and it, it, it doesn't solve the problem. In fact, it exacerbates the problem. Um, the, the, the Lori Lightfoot touted this as the most progressive budget ever in history. This was part of a $16 billion budget for Chicago 2022. And uh, by the way, where are they getting this money? They're getting this money from $2 billion that Chicago received as part of the Biden COVID relief funding. So this is part of the Biden COVID relief package. So where is this money going? We, we told you they don't need this much COVID relief anymore, thankfully. So Biden gave all this COVID relief funding to cities, and now they're using it to fund socialist programs, which is, which is exactly what we predicted, by the way. So meanwhile, black city council members are against this. This is a bombshell. I mean, every every major media outlet in the country right now, mainstream media should be reporting Lori Lightfoot's own socialist program goes against what black leaders in Chicago are, are asking for. However, they're never going to report that, right? The 20 members of Chicago's Black Caucus, and, and this is city council members, were disappointed. They, they were opposed to this universal basic income program because they wanted the money to go to violence prevention programs. That's according to the Washington Post. By the way, UBI programs began in Stockton, California. We told you about that back in 2019. We reported that at the time. And according to the Washington Post, research indicates that recipients now have more full-time employment and better mental and emotional health. Yeah, I want to see that research. I don't buy it for a second. And uh, since that program was launched in California, about 40 other cities have either launched similar programs or considered launching similar programs. So a few points. Number one, as I said, it's not UBI. It's socialism. When they call it universal basic income, they're putting lipstick on the pig. Okay, it's still a pig. Number two, they call it a pilot program, call it a test, call it an experiment, whatever you want. These entitlement programs, it's never a test. It's never a pilot because it always gets renewed. They always make it permanent. What happens is they call it a test because they know it's not going to pass if they announce that it's going to be permanent. Then people get addicted to the free money and politicians are under enormous pressure. They make it permanent or else they're going to lose the next election. As I said, they're using COVID funding. If anything, uh, a, a violence prevention program is more connected. Neither one is connected to COVID. This has nothing to do with COVID. Trust me, the low-income families who are getting this money, m- most of them, I guarantee you, were low-income prior to COVID. They're not basing this on the needs that were brought about as a result of COVID or the lockdowns or, or the pandemic or anything else. But the point is, it has nothing to do with COVID relief. And yet they're using COVID relief money because we know the COVID relief thing was just a scam. It was just to be able to give out money to you know to to fund these liberal programs but if anything there has been a surge in violence indirectly related to to covid so that would actually make a lot more sense which is what the black caucus leaders want to do but as i said the most egregious part of the story is that the blacks are against this program other than Lori lightfoot obviously the black caucus they want the money to prevent crime i mean imagine if this were a republican mayor I mean, you have black children being shot in Chicago every single day. What does the black community in Chicago need more? Free money or crime prevention? You do the math. And the proof is that the black caucus themselves, they are against this. If a Republican mayor was doing this, uh, they would literally label them a racist because the blacks are telling you what they need. They clearly need it, but it's not, it doesn't get you reelected. Lori Lightfoot, she gets reelected by bribing people to vote for her. Uh, a crime prevention program in Chicago, that's just simply not going to – she has those votes anyway. She has the black votes. So that's not what she's looking for here. I mean so it really is just truly outrageous that you have 
you know, BLM, they claim to care about black lives, and you have blacks being shot and killed every single day, week after week, in Chicago, and nobody does anything about it because it's not, they're not being shot by, by whites, they're being shot by other blacks. All right, the economic number, new economic numbers uh, under Biden, they've been abysmal. And we have a new report here. The third quarter numbers were just released. They are way below expectations. The U.S. economy grew at a paltry, pitiful 2% rate in the third quarter. That is the slowest gain of the pandemic recovery. And, of course, we know part of it's caused by the supply chain issues. But Biden and Buttigieg, they've all been a disaster on the supply chain. Plus the significant decrease in consumer spending, which is a result of inflation. And inflation is out of control, again, thanks to Biden and his disastrous economic policies. Economists, by the way, this this was way below the the projection by economists. Economists predicted that uh, GDP growth would be 2.8%. So it's way, way, way below that at 2%. 2% is a terrible, terrible rate. It, it was the, the Obama rate. Obama had 2% for a lot of his presidency. And uh, the economy, even though the economy under Obama wasn't terrible, but the growth was terrible under Obama. Uh, he never got 3%. I think he's the only president in American history to never reach 3% growth. Um, so it's not even close to what was pre- projected. Um, this is the slowest GDP gain since the 31% plunge back in the second quarter of 2020. And we know that was a direct result of the lockdown. Consumer spending, which makes up 69% of the economy, increased at, at just 1.6% for the most recent quarter. That's after rising 12% in the second quarter. And finally, Republican Congressman Adam Kinslinger has announced that he will not seek re-election. And here we have another congressman, another Republican, who decided to take on President Trump, who decided to vote to impeach President Trump, one of 10 Republicans who voted to impeach Trump the second time around, and now he is dropping out. He's not going to seek re-election because... If you're a Republican politician and you don't support Trump and you vote to impeach Trump or you simply pick a fight with Trump like we saw Jeff Flake do, like we saw Jeff Sessions do and so many others, that is toxic for you because Trump has so much influence. So we have so far out of the – two out of the ten congressmen who impeached Trump have already stepped down and announced they're not going to run for re-election. We still have a year to go. So what's going to happen with the other eight? A lot of people believe that most of those eight Republicans are going to be forced to drop out because they're going to do polling and they're going to realize that uh, deciding to impeach Trump was the worst political decision that they ever made. I mean, uh, it's just incredible. We've seen this happen so many times. And it's not because Trump is influential. Trump is popular. He's incredibly popular amongst Republican voters. But that's not what it's about. He was... So incredibly successful. We're talking about the most successful president in modern history. And you look at the contrast that Trump was the most successful president in modern history, and I'm including Reagan. If you just look at simply one one issue after the next and the amount of things he was able to do on his own without Congress. And uh, at least Reagan had Congress some of the years. But but uh, And I know Trump had technically had the Republicans in Congress. They didn't, they didn't support him. They wouldn't even build, help him build his wall. But uh, look at the contrast. Biden's the worst. And, and the reason is simple, because Biden literally came in, didn't care about the results, and just reversed every single one of Trump's policies. And Trump's policies were all the formula for success. So obviously, if you reverse those policies, then what are you gonna, what, what's going to happen? You're going to have failure. It's no, it's no coincidence. It's so clear. But uh, under Trump, the economy was surging up until the pandemic and then post-pandemic. Trump had literally record lows in black unemployment and Hispanic unemployment. 
the Iranian economy crumbled under Trump. The, the Iran was was in total shambles under Trump. Trump was extremely tough on terror. Remember, he killed al Baghdadi, he killed Soleimani, he secured the border despite having no help from Congress. He built the wall, virtually eliminated ISIS. He kept North Korea and Kim Jong Un quiet for, for most of his administration. He forced NATO to pay billions and. Perhaps Trump's biggest accomplishment, yet it goes totally underrated and he gets zero credit. He gave us the COVID vaccine. And look, you can't compare. I mean, he had the economy. He had many, many tremendous accomplishments. So I don't want to just make it all oh, the vaccine. is the, To me, the vaccine is the biggest accomplishment, quite simply, because it, it impacted millions of lives. Even by the Democrats, or, or especially, I should say, the Democrats' own admission, uh, they feel that the vaccine is the greatest thing that ever happened. So, uh, and yet they still managed to not give Trump the credit. I mean, where would it be without Trump? Operation Warp Speed, if Biden were president, if Clinton were president, uh, we'd still be waiting. We'd be waiting years for a vaccine. There's no question about that. And yet, what do the Republicans do? They helped impeach Trump over some nonsense, bogus charges, at least those 10 Republicans. All right, that's going to do it for today, and we will see you next time.